Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we continue the series, The World Turned Upside Down. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Merry Christmas. It is so good to be with you on Christmas Eve. And from my family to you and yours, and from the Community Christian Church family to you and yours, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Let me ask you, are you feeling the hope that Christmas is supposed to bring? If so, I want to strengthen that hope. And if you're not yet feeling it, by the time we're done, I want to show you how to find that hope. Now, to get us started, I want us to play a little game that includes Christmas music, because Christmas music always makes me feel more hopeful. In fact, I think I started playing Christmas music this year around like Labor Day. I just kind of needed it. So maybe this will help you too, right? I did some research on the most popular Christmas carols of all time, and I came across a list of the top 30. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you five notes and see if you can name that Christmas carol. They're all in the top 30. And um, if you get them right, for everyone you get right, just give yourself a Christmas treat of some kind. All right, you ready? Wherever you are, just say it out loud when you recognize it and uh, put it right there in the chat. Put it in the chat. Let's see how many can get these right. You only got five notes, five notes. So here we go. Here's the first one. Did you get it? Away in a manger. That's right. Definitely, definitely a top 30, maybe probably a top 10, right? All right, uh, here's a second one. How about this one in five notes? A little tougher. Did you get it? Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Okay, here's the last one. Let's see if you can guess this one. This is the number one favorite Christmas carol of all time. Here we go. And that is definitely my personal number one. So when it comes to Christmas carols, I would say nothing is more classic than O Holy Night. (laughs) Now, I think we love O Holy Night because, well, I mean, first of all, it's just a beautiful song. But we also love O Holy Night because it tells a beautiful story. And I think it's a story that we all can relate to and one that we all want to experience. Because the song, it talks about, remember the line? a weary world. But then it also reminds us of the possibility of, remember this line, the thrill of hope. And weary, weary is such a great word to describe that first century where Jesus, when Jesus was born. I mean, the Jewish people, they were weary. They were weary of the oppression from the Roman Empire. They felt like prisoners in their own land. The people were weary of violence. Uh, The threat of punishment for stepping out of line was constantly like looking over their shoulder. And everybody had seen too many Roman crucifixions. The people were weary of the economic chaos. Cheating and theft were commonplace and people were being taxed into poverty. That first century world, it was a weary world. And weary, weary is a good word to describe much of the world we live in today. I mean, just reading the news headlines as I was getting ready for this talk, it kind of made me weary. I mean, here's a couple of them. A tornado that kills 70 people. It makes you weary. (laughs) A double coronavirus surge, just reading it makes me weary. 
In fact, I intentionally watch much less cable news these days than I used to. And partially because it just makes me weary. The world we live in today is, I think appropriately called a weary world. And for some of us, weary is how our personal lives feel these days. Weary from fighting with those people we're supposed to love. Some of us were weary of having too little and needing too much, particularly this time of year. Some of us are weary from the aches and pains that come with growing one day older. Or at work, we're weary from putting in too many hours and getting too little satisfaction. Or, or weary from our past, but at the same time also weary about the future. And so many of us, we show up this Christmas Eve feeling weary. And, and this word weary, weary, is, it's, it's more than just tired or worn out. A New York Times article that got a ton of national attention this year, they called it languishing. In fact, languishing was nominated for the 2021 Word of the Year. The Times article said this, it's not burnout, it's not depression. We just feel somewhat joyless and aimless. And it turns out there's a name for that, languishing. <laughs> and there have definitely been times in the last year that I felt that, you know, languishing or, or weary. For example, I have this daily practice where I journal. And in my journal, I give myself a score between one, which is low, and 10, which is high, what I call my RPMS, okay? Relational, physical, mental, and spiritual. And the score helps me know how I'm doing in each of these important categories over a period of time, and even how I'm kind of trending. Now, one of my strengths is positivity. And so usually when I score myself, I get lots of eights and nines, you know, hey, doing great. But even as positive as I am, I've noticed this last year, a lot of my scores are like in the fours and fives. And I find myself dealing with anger when I'm normally kind of an encouraging person or dealing with frustration when I'm typically more upbeat. And I know some of it, some of it is languishing, languishing over the conflict of people's differing political convictions, languishing over decisions that, you know, no seminary ever trained you to make or languishing over my Chicago Bears football season. So bad. <laughs> well, the good news of Christmas is this, and please hear me, do not miss this. In the middle of a weary world 2,000 years ago, in the middle of our weary, languishing world today comes this thrill of hope. And you may not know this, but I think hope is what you need. It's exactly what I need. Uh, there's a guy named Emil Bruner, who was one of the great theologians of the 20th century. And he, he put it this way, so smart. He said, what oxygen is to the lungs, think about that breathing in and out, how much we need that. What oxygen is to the lungs, such is hope to the meaning of life. Hope, it's, it's actually something real and something that we need. In fact, studies show that hopeful college students get higher GPAs and are more likely to graduate. Further research, research in other fields, tell us that hopeful athletes perform better in competition. And check this out, they actually have fewer injuries. And still another study shows that among the elderly, those who felt hopeless were twice as likely to die as those who were hopeful. And it just can't be disputed. Hope is a powerful force. So the question becomes this, where do I, where do you, where do we go to find this hope? 
Well, John, who was one of Jesus' closest friends, he offers us a real hope in what could be described as a Christmas card that he wrote in a book called First John of the Bible. Now, when you read it, you might think Christmas card. There's nothing in there about Mary or Joseph or shepherds or manger. And you'd be right. None of that is in there. But what this passage does tell us is Christmas. Christmas, this event, offers each of us this thrill of hope. John begins this way. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we've heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. Now, as you take in those words, picture kind of like the writer John uh, sitting on a witness stand in a courtroom and and he's, he's swearing a deposition. He's got his hands raised in the air and he declares, this hope is real. And he goes on and says, what I'm about to tell you really did happen, that God came to earth in the person of Jesus. I saw him, I heard him, I touched him. This is not just some feel-good fable that we recount every December. This really happened. Jesus is God come to earth. That's what he's saying. In fact, think back to the newspaper headline I shared earlier. What if the lead story on the 10 o'clock news tonight was this? Good evening. We have some breaking news just in. The God of the universe has reportedly arrived on earth in human form tonight. In an unexpected twist, it appears as though God has arrived not as a full-grown adult, but rather as a newborn baby. Now, we first received word of this phenomenon from several shepherds who say they were watching over their sheep when suddenly a host of angels allegedly appeared, singing songs of praise and adoration and directing those shepherds to where the baby was born. Just a moment. Uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting some information now. The baby was born in a manger. Uh, that's a that's apparently what the shepherds are saying. And a number of witnesses are reporting that an unusually bright star has appeared in the sky over the place where the baby was born, and other people are bringing the child gifts. All of this in the Bethlehem area. That's about five miles south of Jerusalem. And and we're and we're now hearing that the child's mother. Mary has named the baby boy Jesus, though he will also go by the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And if we are able to confirm all this information, that name would certainly be true. Now, we do have a crew on the way. We'll bring you a live update as soon as possible. We now return you to our regular programming, Bachelor in Samaria. Here's the thing. This is not just breaking news 2,000 years ago. But this is good news tonight. It's good news for any of us that are stuck in like hopeless marriages. It's good news for parents that are looking for help and hope. It's good news for any of us who find ourselves hopelessly addicted to things that are trying to destroy us. And here's the good news. The good news is that God has come to earth to show us how to live, how to live relationally, how to live personally in this life, And that brings with it the thrill of hope. Well, John continues and he says, this one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. I want you to notice, John doesn't say that Jesus has life or gives life, but he actually says Jesus is life, eternal life. 
Okay, what, is, what, what does that mean? Well, pastor and author Tim Keller explains it brilliantly. He says this, in every other religion, the founder is a, a prophet or a sage. And the founder says, here's the way for you to find eternal life. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you'll be saved. Jesus is different. Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Jesus Christ, according to Christmas, is God come to save us, to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. To know him is eternal life. So, so essentially, what the apostle John declares is that to know Jesus, to have a relationship with him is eternal life, to have eternal life. And this hope that we have, yes, it's real, but it also is a hope that brings life forever. And I gotta believe that is good news for every one of us tonight. I, I remember one Christmas, uh, our family just finished opening all our gifts on Christmas morning. It was a great morning and I'm kind of, I'm just feeling the vibe and, and I got a call. I decided to take it and uh, I get on and say, hi, uh, uh, this is Dave, Merry Christmas. And on the, on the other end of the call, I hear the person say, hi, Dave, uh, this is Paul. Gene is gone. Paul and Gene were a family in our church, uh, both in their 40s with two daughters. And she'd been battling cancer for more than a year. And Paul called to tell me that she passed on Christmas Day. And this merry Christmas suddenly became a weary Christmas. So I went over there to be with the family. And uh, it, it was hard. But in the middle of all their languishing, I'm telling you, it was still a hope. See, Jean knew Jesus. And her husband, Paul, and her two girls knew that his wife and their mom, that while she was gone for now, that they would see her again someday. There was hope. And I know it's Christmas Eve and perhaps some of you think you're participating in this because, well, that's what people do on Christmas Eve. They go to church. I don't think so. I think some of you are here because God wants you to know there is hope for this life and the next. And not only is this hope real, and not only does this hope bring eternal life, but John, he continues and he says this, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that, here's why, so that you may have fellowship with us. Jesus came that first Christmas to have fellowship with us, but then to establish a fellowship among us, a community, a fellowship where we can love and be loved, a fellowship where we can know and be known, a fellowship where everybody, college students, business owners, singles moms, uh, elderly widows, um, people of every color and every hue, everyone belongs. And that's a, it's, it be, we come together as a fellowship that gives us hope. And again, you might be thinking, well, I'm just here because it's tradition, you know, church on Christmas Eve. But again, I don't think so. I think some of you are here because God wants to give you a place to belong a fellowship, a group of people that you can count on when you're languishing in a weary world. 
a community that will help you discover this, this thrill of hope. And John is reminding us, this hope that's real, this hope that is eternal, is also a hope that's found in us, the church. See, the church, by God's design, we're a community of hope that offers hope to others. And we need each other to hold on to this hope. I want you to meet Corey and Andrea. This is a couple who found this thrill of hope right here in this fellowship, in this community. I'm Andrea, and this is my husband, Corey. Uh, we have two sons, and we've been coming to community since January 2020. I had always had a really close relationship with God, and I just wasn't connecting well with the church. And I didn't know what was missing. I'm like, you know, I've got great kids, I've got a great husband, I've got a great marriage, great house, but something still felt like it just wasn't connecting. I think for my journey, it started, I grew up in a home that was not religious didn't do anything, go to church, any of that. So for me, everything was new. I kind of just had the image in my head of perfection. I was more interested in work because I wanted to get ahead. I wanted to have that image of, look at, look how successful I am, look what I've gotten to. You know, and then with the rock bottom, when I hit that, it was just like, wow, how much have I missed? And that was when I felt like the presence of God going, you know, like kind of reaching out a hand saying, here, you finally got there now that I can get in and remold you and remake you and, you know, make you who you should be. And from that point, that's when I said, you know what, I want to go to church. I was like, wait, wait, I'm supposed to be the one that always says, let's go to church. And you're always supposed to say, so it was a complete role, role reversal. Um, so it was, it was interesting, but I was not about to let him go on his own. We decided to start by going to Alpha online um, during the shutdown of, of COVID questions got brought up that I was like, I didn't even know I had these questions in me. Like it was, it was really strange. Um, and then when we started to go through Rooted, it really like hit home. From the outreach of God at the beginning through that, it was like, yeah, this, this is what I want to do. These are the steps. The day I got baptized was during COVID and it was a snowstorm outside, blizzard, but Leanna showed up, Barbara showed up. I think Chris was there and it was just, you know, it was like, how people came out in this for me, you know, where they could have said, hey, you know, we got to push this. It's that, you know, everybody came out and we did it. And it was, it was great. You know, just that feeling, you know, of being accepted. It was awesome. It was really cool. I was excited that um, both of our sons were able to be there and saw both their parents make a choice and choose God to be a part of their life. Yeah, it was really cool. I had hope for myself but watching your spouse struggle with that hope to now both of us having that same hope together as a family is, is amazing. When you're going through it by yourself and it's really hard to try and be the strong person to always be like, no, it's gonna be okay. No, we gotta push through. No, it's, it's gonna be there. I wasn't expecting to find a home at community. I was just expecting to find a church. And I think we totally found a home because we have so many friends that go there and it's just, it's, it's different than anything I've ever anything that we've ever been a part of, like even as a kid growing up. You know, coming to community, you know, you can come in, you see everybody, it's a big family. You're saying hi, either from a small group, from a, you know, Rooted or Alpha class, and it's just, you're just welcome. You know, you might feel lost like I did, you know, going down the wrong path, but there is hope. Maybe in the weariness of all you're going through, you find yourself looking for hope. Well, the good news is this, hope 
is here. He's Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. And on Christmas, he came offering you hope. I mean, just like Corey and Andrea found hope, you can find hope. And if you'd like to take the next step and discover the hope that can be found in Jesus, I'm telling you, we would love to help you. And here's what you can do next. Just, you got your phone close by. Go ahead and just take out your phone. Take out your phone. Text the word next. Simple word next, N-E-X-T, to 331-226-1686. You can do that or, or just scan the QR code. It's very easy. And a form will be sent to you. You fill out that form and we'll be in touch with you over the next couple of weeks to help you take the next step. And that next step might be joining a small group where you belong, a fellowship. It might be joining Alpha or Rooted, like Corey and Andrea did. See, see you've already taken the first step by being here. And my prayers, you'll take the next step and find hope. I'm telling you, it cannot be disputed. Hope is this powerfully catalytic force. In fact, that's why the world's leading researcher, you know, said this, that hope isn't just an emotion. No, this is an essential tool of life. The truth is, I need hope and you need hope. We all need hope. And this Christmas, what God is offering is what you need the most. And it's hope. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope and the weary world rejoices. In the middle of a weary world, God is offering us, you and me, the thrill of hope.